0: It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome to Wise Guys. These guys know sports here live on the worldwide sports network on this beautiful friday january the 19th in the house with your boy trey larkins from the wise guys sports show on the worldwide sports network everybody gonna follow wise guys on twitter at wise guys underscore h also on facebook wise guys and be sure to follow wise guys on instagram at these guys no sports come on in and sit a while folks We got an action jam packed show. So many things to get into. It's the divisional round weekend in the NFL playoffs. The best weekend in the NFL season. So many big time matchups. CJ Stroud versus Lamar Jackson. Jordan Love versus Brock Purdy. Baker Mayfield versus Jared Goff. And the game of the week, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen for the seventh time, this time in Buffalo. So the number to dial is 513-203-8655. 513-203-8655. You are here with yours truly, Trey Larkins, until 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to bring on my man Christian Bradley a little bit later on in the show, he's a big-time 49er fan. And because the Packers and 49ers are facing off against each other for the 10th time in the postseason, I feel it's only right to bring my man Christian Bradley on the show. That's my like my big bro. We, we we super cool, man. We go way back. But uh, we, 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 we cool. But Saturday night, we ain't going to be cool. We ain't going to be cool Saturday night, Christian. Because I hope my Packers can pull off the upset. But it's the NFL division around the playoffs. I'm so excited. We are in the Elite Eight version of the NFL. So definitely tune in. And any particular topic you want to talk about, any matchup you're most excited about, who do you feel like has the most to lose this weekend? Is it Lamar Jackson? Is it Josh Allen? Who, like, or which particular player do you believe has the most to lose this weekend in the divisional round of the playoffs. But we begin in Baltimore as the Houston Texans are traveling to Baltimore to take on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens as the Ravens are favored by nine points. It's a 4.30 p.m. kickoff in Baltimore. The over-under for this matchup, is 43.5 points now these two teams played against one another in week one it, that was forever ago they were two completely different teams at that time the ravens defeated the texans 25 to 9 that was cj Stroud's first game starting in the nfl he went 28 to 44 he threw for 242 passing yards Lamar Jackson actually struggled in that matchup, 17 of 22. He threw for only 169 rushing yards, one interception. So the Texans and Ravens played in week one. But again, that was a very, very, very long time ago. And it's safe to say that both of these teams have changed since that week one matchup. Let's start off with the Houston Texans as the Houston Texans are led by CJ Stroud and CJ Stroud has had the best rookie season in NFL history. You look at CJ Stroud's numbers 23 touchdowns, five interceptions, 4,108 passing yards. He's completed 64% of his passes. And remember, CJ Stroud, he missed three games. He missed three games this year. Well, actually two games. He missed two games. So, C.J. Stroud missed two games this year. So, if he would have played in those two matchups, then his numbers would have been even better. But C.J. Stroud last week against the Cleveland Browns, a defense that's a top five defense in the NFL. C.J. Stroud he goes 16 for 21. He threw for 274 passing yards, three touchdowns. Quarterback rating of 157.2. Ladies and gentlemen, I know the Carolina Panthers fans and organization, they literally, literally have to be watching C.J. Strout and thinking to themselves, we made a huge mistake, a huge mistake drafting Bryce Young with the number one overall pick and not... Choosing to draft C.J. Stroud because C.J. Stroud has had a sensational, sensational rookie season, and C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryan's—they are the main reasons why the Houston Texans have been the biggest surprise in the in, in the AFC and in the AFC South specifically. Like coming into the season, I had very, very low expectations for the Houston Texans. I had them finishing fourth in the AFC South. Not only did the Texans win their division, but they beat a Cleveland Browns football team that has a lot of talent. This Cleveland Browns team has a lot of talent, and C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans blew the Cleveland Browns off the field last Saturday. So C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans are the main reasons why the Texans are the most surprising team in the AFC this year. They are having a great, great season. And similar to the Packers in the NFC, the Houston Texans have absolutely nothing to lose. And this is the thing about C.J. Stroud and what's making what he's doing so impressive. This year, C.J. Stroud, he lost Noah Brown to a season-ending injury. He also lost Tank Dale as well to a season-ending injury. Let me name some of the receivers that C.J. Stroud is throwing the football to. Robert Woods, Nico Collins, Stephen Sims, John Mechie III. These are the receivers that C.J. Stroud is throwing the football to. C.J. Stroud doesn't have a Stephon Diggs like Josh Allen. C.J. Stroud doesn't have a Jamar Chase like a Joe Burrow cj Stroud doesn't have a travis kelsey like a patrick mahomes and cj Stroud is balling he's balling and I'll be, I'll be the first to tell you i'm not an ohio state buckeye fan whatsoever but i knew coming into the league that cj Stroud was going to have a successful nfl career he showed me in that playoff matchup in that bowl game against georgia ohio state went toe-to-toe with georgia and the thing was remember coming into the nfl everyone had questions about whether or not cj stroud was going to have a successful career because most ohio state quarterbacks they don't succeed in the nfl they don't troy smith did not succeed in the nfl justin fields is currently struggling in the nfl so these ohio state quarterbacks when they come into the league they struggle. And C.J. Stroud, out of all those Ohio State quarterbacks, he's been the best. C.J. Stroud has been the best quarterback to come out of Ohio State. And he has been balling. But I look at this Houston Texans football team overall as an offense. Offensively, they average 97 rushing yards per game. That's tied for 22nd in the NFL. So C.J. Stroud... Not only is he doing this without a star at the receiver position, they don't run the ball particularly well either. The Texans aren't a, a top 10 running the football football team. That's not who they are. So it's really C.J. Stroud or Buss for the Houston Texans. And boy, has C.J. Stroud answered the call. So I can't say enough about C.J. Stroud and the job that he's doing. Also, when you look at this, Texans offense versus the Ravens defense. Defensively, for the Ravens, they will be without cornerback Marlon Humphreys. He's out, so he's not going to play in this matchup. And so that's a key loss for the Ravens in this matchup. That's a key loss. But I'm looking at the Ravens overall as a defense, they have been top five in four out of five major categories. They're ranked ninth in total yards given up. They give up 328 yards per game. They only give up 192 passing yards per game. That's ranked 6th. They give up 17 points per game. That's ranked 1st in the NFL. And teams only convert on 36% of their third down plays against this Ravens defense. That's ranked 7th in the NFL. And so I'm interested to see how C.J. Strout performs against this elite Ravens defense. Now, in the past, you look at rookie quarterbacks versus number one scoring defenses in playoff games. This is since the 1970 merger. In the 2008 AFC Championship, Joe Flacco went up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They lost that game in the 2012 wildcard matchup. Robert Griffin III went up against the Seattle Seahawks. They were the number one scoring defense at the time in the NFL. Robert Griffin lost that game. And in the 2021 wild card matchup, Matt Jones went up against the Buffalo Bills. He lost as well to the Buffalo Bills. So rookie quarterbacks in the playoffs have failed when they went up against the number one scoring defenses in NFL history. So, it's going to be interesting to see how C.J. Stroud performs against this elite, elite Ravens defense. Defensively, the Ravens up front, you got Michael Pierce, okay? At the linebacker position, you got Raquan Smith. You got Patrick Queen as well. In the secondary, again, they're going to be without Marlon Humphrey, but you still got Marcus Williams. You still got Kyle Hamilton as well. You got Brandon Stevens, okay? So, This Ravens defense, they've been a top five defense all season long. So, it's going to be a big-time challenge for C.J. Stroud and that Texans offense. Let's switch gears to the Ravens offense versus the Texans defense. Obviously, the Baltimore Ravens are led by none other than Lamar Jackson. And so far this year, Lamar Jackson, 24 touchdowns. Seven interceptions, 3,678 passing yards. He's completing 67% of his passes. And I believe that Lamar Jackson is a top three quarterback in the NFL. And to me, Lamar Jackson's impact proves why he should be the NFL NBA. These are the Ravens since 2018 with Lamar Jackson playing compared to without Lamar Jackson playing with Lamar Jackson. The Ravens are 62 and 24 without Lamar. They're four and eight. They average with Lamar Jackson, 28 points per game without Lamar. They average 17 points per game. Their point differential per game with Lamar Jackson is plus nine without Lamar it's a negative 1.9 with lamar jackson the ravens passer rating as a team is 95.2 without lamar jackson it's 70.0 so unlike brock purdy unlike tua tagavailoa unlike jared Goff and dak prescott lamar jackson he's not a game manager he's a game changer and we talk about the best quarterbacks in the nfl Lamar Jackson, damn well it'd be in that conversation. But as great as Lamar Jackson has been in the regular season, he's already won an NFL MVP. He's probably going to win his second unanimous NFL MVP here in a few weeks. But as great as Lamar Jackson has been in the regular season, it's been the exact opposite in the postseason. You look at Lamar Jackson in the postseason. He has four Total touchdowns, seven interceptions. He averages 92 rushing yards per game. His pass rating is only 68.3. He averages 225 passing yards per game in the playoffs, completing 56% of his passes. His team only averages 13 points per game. So as great as Lamar Jackson has been in the regular season, Lamar Jackson, more than any other quarterback, probably in the postseason, he needs a deep playoff run to solidify himself as a top three quarterback in the NFL. We've seen Josh Allen get to an AFC championship game. We've seen Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes reach a Super Bowl. What we have not seen is Lamar Jackson reach an AFC championship game. So considering the Ravens are the favorites and they're going up against a Houston, Texas football team that are clearly the underdogs heading into this game, the pressure on Lamar Jackson to perform and get this Baltimore Ravens team to the AFC championship game, is going to be extremely, extremely high Saturday afternoon in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson has to get it done, folks. He got to get it done. And I'm the biggest Lamar Jackson fan. He got to get it done. So with all that being said, I'm rolling with the Baltimore Ravens to beat the Houston Texans Saturday afternoon in Baltimore. I'll go Ravens 24, Texans 17. Ravens 24, Texans 17. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. I'll be right back. It is the wide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to wise guys these guys know sports here live on the worldwide sports network everybody gonna go and follow the wise guys on twitter at wise underscore h also on facebook wise guys let me show the follow wise guys on instagram at these guys know sports let's transition to the nfc to detroit let's talk about the matchup Between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Detroit Lions, as the Buccaneers are traveling to Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions, the Lions are favored by six and a half points. It's a 3 p.m. kickoff on Sunday afternoon. The over under for this matchup is 48.5 points. Now, these two teams played against one another in week six. The Lions beat the Buccaneers 20-6. to In that matchup, Jared Goff, he had 353 passing yards, two touchdowns. Baker Mayfield, he struggled. He had 206 passing yards, one interception. St. Brown had a great performance, 12 receptions, 124 receiver yards, and one touchdown. So when I look at this, Bucks versus Lions matchup. First and foremost, for me, I feel like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, similar to the Green Bay Packers and the Houston Texans, they're kind of playing with house money. And, And in a way, I kind of feel like it's kind of weird that Tampa Bay is in this position because coming into the season, I thought, and I was wrong, but I thought that the favorites to win the NFC South were going to be the New Orleans Saints. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they weren't consistent, but they won each game that they had to have. Remember in Week 18, NFC South battle with the Carolina Panthers. As bad as the Panthers were this year, we know division games can be tough. And the Bucs beat the Panthers. And they won the NFC South. And then they followed that up and they beat a team in the Philadelphia Eagles that had completely thrown in the towel. Like I don't even feel like the Eagles were the Eagles Monday night in Tampa Bay. And so the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to beat them. And I'm not trying to 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 take away from what the Buccaneers have accomplished this year, but I do feel like they're kind of playing with house money similar to the Packers and the Texans but the Lions on the other hand they had this great great season the Lions finished 12 and 5 they won the NFC North they finished as the third seed in the NFC and they have dare I say a little bit of pressure considering they just won their first playoff game since 1991 Sunday against the Rams so now lions fans they're thinking hey maybe we can make it to the nfc championship or make it to a super bowl that's what the lions fans are thinking at this moment see i felt like once a team gets that monkey off their back and they win that playoff game that they desperately desperately needed to win then you can play more free like the Bengals, remember when the Bengals won their first playoff win in nearly 30 years when they beat the Raiders at Paul Brown Stadium a few years ago? And then at that point, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins, they got that monkey off their back, and now you can just play free. You could just play free at that point. And the Bengals went on to the Super Bowl that season. So I feel like the Lions have more pressure than the – Tampa Bay Buccaneers have on them heading into this game. Let's talk about the Bucs and Baker Mayfield because, as critical as I have been of Baker Mayfield in the past, Baker Mayfield has actually had a nice season this year 28 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 4,044 passing yards. He's completed 64% of his passes. Baker Mayfield has been playing some some good football, I would say. He's been playing pretty good. And honestly, when you look at the numbers, Baker Mayfield this season, he's having arguably a better season in 2023 than Tom Brady had in 2022 for the Buccaneers. So let's give Baker some credit. He has definitely, definitely revitalized his career now that he's in Tampa Bay because we had questions about Baker Mayfield. When he left Cleveland, we didn't know – how good Baker Mayfield was going to be. He had that run with the Rams. It was brief. But Baker Mayfield really didn't have a home. If he can find a way to beat the Detroit Lions in Detroit Sunday afternoon, I feel like we're going to have to, have to start the conversation about Baker Mayfield being the franchise quarterback that the Buccaneers are going to build around moving forward. Remember, coming into the season, there was a quarterback competition between Mayfield and Kyle Trask coming into the season. And Baker Mayfield, if he's able to somehow beat Jared Goff in the Detroit Lions, he will be the franchise quarterback for future seasons to come in Tampa Bay. That's gonna, this, this, this is, uh, Baker Mayfield has a lot riding on this matchup. Not so much the Buccaneers as a team, but really Baker Mayfield has a lot riding on this game against the Detroit Lions. Now, you look at the Buccaneers offensively. They can score points. At receiver, you got Mike Evans, one of the more proven receivers in the NFL. You still got Chris Godwin as well, and I think Chris Godwin is a solid number two receiver in the NFL, and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, they have helped this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense, and offensively, Tampa Bay... They are more of a passing team than a running team. They average 224 passing yards per game. That's ranked 17th in the NFL. But they don't really run the ball much. They are ranked dead last in rushing yards per game. They only average 89 rushing yards per game. But I actually like their running back in Rashad White. But they don't really get much production out of the running game. So it's really Baker Mayfield... Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, or Bust for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But they can they can score some points. They average twenty-one points per game. It's not very high as far as league rankings, but I just I wouldn't I remember a few weeks ago, I gotta look at the game in the week. Week fifteen in Lambeau, that Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense and Baker Mayfield, they put up thirty-four against the Packers. Thirty-four in Lambeau. Week 15. So Tampa Bay can can possibly score some points. And it's the thing. I really don't believe in the Lions' defense. I really don't. You look at the Lions defensively, they are ranked in the bottom half in a lot of major defensive categories. They give up 357 total yards per game. That's ranked 20th in the NFL. They give up 248 passing yards per game. That's ranked 28th in the NFL, and they give up 23 points per game. That's ranked 23rd in the NFL. They, they're they pretty good against the run. They only give up 89 rushing yards per game, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers don't run the ball very much. And so against the pass, the Lions give up 248 passing yards per game. That plays right into the hands of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they like to throw the football. Now, on the other side, we got Jared Goff. Versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. And for the season, Jared Goff, 30 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 4,575 passing yards. He's completing 67% of his passes. But as great as Jared Goff has been this year, and he's been pretty good. I, I won't even say great. I feel like he's been good. As As much as he's played good in certain games for the Lions, the Lions' rushing attack with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, that's the reason why the Detroit Lions averaged 27 points per game, folks. The Detroit Lions averaged 27 points per game, which is ranked fifth in the NFL. And the running game that they have, they averaged 136 rushing yards per game. That's ranked Fifth in the NFL. So, the way you get Jared Goff in a rhythm is by establishing a running game. But if you're a defense going up against the Detroit Lions, what you want to do is try to slow down that Lions' running game and force the Lions into third and long situations. Because then Jared Goff has to force the football down the field. And by doing that, you can create some turnovers as a defense. Because Jared Goff, he has no mobility whatsoever. Jared Goff has zero mobility as a quarterback. So if you can get the Lions in third and seven, third and nine, third and twelve situations, that's a recipe for success as a defense. So that's something I'm looking forward to seeing if Todd Bowles and this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, if they're going to be able to do. You look at the Buccaneers on the defensive line. You got Vita Vea. We know Vita Vea can definitely, definitely stop the run and can be a force to be reckoned with. At linebacker, you got one of the best linebackers in the NFL in Devin White. You still got Levante David, okay? In that secondary, they got two cornerbacks who I like in Jamil Dean and Carlton Davis. And I think their defensive backs, the Buccaneers' defensive backs, are better than the Rams' defensive backs. So they're going to try and... And, and contain Amas St. Brown and Jamison Williams for the Detroit Lions. So keep that in mind that's a key matchup in this game. the Lions receivers, St Brown, Jamison Williams, Josh Reynolds, their receivers versus the Buccaneers secondary, Jameel Dean, Carlton Davis, okay? those are going to be some key matchups. And so that's gonna be an interesting matchup. I expect it to be high scoring, and I think they're gonna put up a lot of points. But I think that that running game for the for the Lions is going to be key. If David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs can get going in a running game, that will be a recipe for success for the Lions to win this game. I expect it to happen. I think the Lions are the better football team, and I think they're playing with a with with a lot more rhythm right now than the Buccaneers are. So with that being said, I'm rolling with the Lions to beat the Bucks at Fort Field. I'm going Lions 30, Buccaneers 24. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. I'll be right back. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio network. Radio network. And welcome back to Wise Guys, These Guys Know Sports, here live on the World wise Sports Network. And remember, to go follow Wise Guys on Twitter at wise Guys underscore H, also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Remember, number dial is 513-203-8655, 513-203-8655. That is the number to dial. Woo! This next topic I have been looking forward to talking about all week long. It's the Green Bay Packers traveling to the Bay to take on the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are favored by nine points. It's an 8.15 p.m. kickoff Saturday night in Santa Clara. The over-under for this matchup is 50 points five this is the 10th meeting between the Packers and the 49ers in the postseason the 49ers are five and four against the Packers in the playoffs and in the last five matchups the 49ers have unfortunately gotten the best of the Packers this goes back to 2013 this was in San Francisco the 49ers beat the Packers 45 to 31. That was the Colin Kaepernick game where he had over 200 rushing yards, and he had the game of his life against the Packers defense. I couldn't believe what I was watching. And then in 2014, the exact next year, the 49ers beat the Packers again. This time it was in Lambeau. I remember watching this game like it was yesterday. The 49ers beat the Packers 23-20. That was the year when Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone. He comes back for the season finale against the Bears, throws the game-winning touchdown to Randall Cobb, only to wet the bed in the wild-card round of the playoffs to yet again the San Francisco 49ers. And then in the 2020 playoffs in the NFC Championship game, the 49ers beat the Packers again 37-20. This time, Jimmy G only had eight passing attempts, and somehow... The 49ers blew the Packers off the field and advanced to the Super Bowl. But that year, I didn't really have high expectations. I thought we had overachieved getting to that point. And then the one that hurt the most, the one that really made me start to feel like it was time for Aaron Rodgers to go, was January 22, 2022, at Lambeau Field. Packers were the favorites. They had had a bye on wild card weekend this particular year in the playoffs. And the 49ers in, in this same round, the 49ers beat the Packers again, 13 to 10. The last time the Packers beat the 49ers in the playoffs was January 13th, 2002. The Packers beat the 49ers 25 to 15. So Brett Favre had a lot of success against the 49ers. Aaron Rodgers not so much. And the 49ers alone are the reason why Aaron Rodgers never got back to a second Super Bowl. In his career. But the time has come now where the Green Bay Packers, yet again, for a second consecutive week, the Packers are playing with house money. And similar to last week when they went up against the Dallas Cowboys, the San Francisco 49ers, like the Cowboys, have all the pressure. And the Green Bay Packers are playing with house money. They're playing with house money. And similar to C.J. Stroud, my quarterback, Jordan Love, has been balling. Last week against the Cowboys, Jordan Love, he goes 16 of 21. He threw for 272 passing yards, three touchdowns, and he was balling at a very, very high level. And he's had a great second half of the season. But he isn't alone, and I'm going to get to Jordan Love in a second. But overall, the Green Bay Packers as a football team has been great in the second half of the season. The Green Bay Packers, since week 11, they are 7-2. That's tied for third in the NFL. They are averaging 28 points per game. That's ranked fourth in the NFL. They are averaging 388 yards per game. That's ranked third in the NFL. They are averaging 262 passing yards per game. That's ranked fourth in the NFL, and their rushing yards per game have also went up s- since week 11. They are ranked 10th in the NFL, averaging 125 rushing yards per game. And in the red zone, they are they score on 61% of their possessions. That's tied for 10th in the NFL. So the Green Bay Packers as an overall football team have been balling In the second half of the season. But as great as Lamar Jackson has been this season. As great as Brock Purdy has been this season. As great as Dak Prescott has been this season. No quarterback in the NFL is playing at a higher level than none other. Than Jordan Love. Jordan Love has been balling in the second half of the season, folks. Let's compare Jordan Love's numbers before the Packers' bye in week six compared to after the bye and what his numbers have been. Before the bye, Jordan Love, eight touchdowns, six interceptions. He completed 56% of his passes. His passer rating was 77.3. This is before the bye in week six. After the bye, Jordan Love, 27 touchdowns, five interceptions. He's completing 68% of his passes. His pass rating is 106.4. And not only has Jordan Love been playing great at a high level in the second half of the season, I want to take everyone back to the first half of the season. We were hearing rumors out of Green Bay about how Matt LaFleur was frustrated with Jordan Love. Brian Gutekunst, the general manager for the Packers, he even went on record and said, when they asked him about whether or not Jordan Love was going to be the future franchise quarterback for the Packers moving forward, Brian Goudica said these last 10 games are going to be important for Jordan Love and the future of him being the quarterback moving forward. Not only has Jordan Love answered the call, Jordan Love has emerged as a top 10 quarterback heading into the 2024 season. No matter what happens in this matchup against the 49ers, the Green Bay Packers have found love in Green Bay, and they have hit a home run on their third consecutive franchise quarterback. From Brett Barr to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, the Packers now have a future franchise quarterback for the next 15 years in Green Bay. He has been balling, and he was by far the best quarterback on the field Sunday afternoon in Dallas. Don't tell me Dak Prescott is better than Jordan Love. Don't tell me Tua Tagovailoa is better than Jordan Love. Don't tell me Judd Goff is better than Jordan Love. Don't tell me Brock Purdy is better than Jordan Love. And this is the reason why I feel like we got a chance. Now, real quick, I want to compare Jordan Love's numbers this year compared to Aaron Rodgers' numbers last season. Last season, Aaron Rodgers 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. He averaged 217 passing yards per game, completing 65% of his passes. His passer rating was 91.1. His record was 8-9. Let's look at Jordan Love's numbers in the regular season. 35 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 246 passing yards. He's completing 60. Five percent of his passes, passer rating 98.5, record 10-8. and 8. Now, that those he actually finished the season with 32 touchdown passes. Actually, that was including the playoffs. But remember, last year Rodgers couldn't even lead the Packers to the playoffs. I bring up those statistics to say that not only has Jordan Love had a better first year as a starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers than Aaron Rodgers had, Jordan Love, he's An upgrade over Aaron Rodgers at this point in his career. Jordan Love, I'm going to say it again. Jordan Love is an upgrade over Aaron Rodgers, considering Aaron Rodgers' age at this point in his career. I'm not saying Jordan Love is going to be better than Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying Jordan Love is going to have a better career than Aaron Rodgers. But he already has surpassed Aaron Rodgers from the standpoint of the Packers have upgraded at the quarterback position, and Jordan Love did something Aaron Rodgers could not do last year, and that's get the Packers to the playoffs and win a playoff game. That performance against the Cowboys, it's the best performance from a quarterback from the Green Bay Packers in the last seven years. Yes, that's how great Jordan Love was, but he ain't alone. When you look at this Packers offense, obviously they are led by Jordan Love, but at receiver, the Packers got dogs. At receiver, you got Christian Watson. You got Romeo Dobbs, who had over 150 receiver yards against the Cowboys. Okay, you got Jaden Reed as well. You got Malik Heath, Bo Melton at receiver. They also got great tight ends as well. Luke Musgrave, okay, Tucker Craft. The Packers' skill positions are the best in the NFL. From a a depth standpoint, like Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, they're not as good as Tyreek Hill or Jaden Waddle. They're not as good as A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith. They're not as good as Jamar Chase or T. Higgins. But as far as depth, I don't think er, there's another team in the NFL that has more depth than the Packers have at the skill positions. And they're all young. They are young. Christian Watson, 24. Jaden Reed, 23. Luke Musgrave, 23. Tucker Craft, 23. Romeo Dobbs, 23. Dontavian Wicks, 22. I didn't even mention him. Dontavian Wicks had a touchdown reception against the Cowboys. The Packers are loaded. They're loaded. But that offensive line, they have also been great for the Packers. Josh Myers, John Runyon, Zach Tom, okay, Elton Jenkins, Rasheed Walker. They've done a tremendous job protecting Jordan Love. They've done a great job. Now, that 49ers defense, they are elite. You look at the 49ers defensively, obviously, that defensive line for the 49ers is the best in the NFL. And they had the nerve, the nerve, the audacity to trade for Chase Young earlier in the season. And when they traded for Chase Young, I said, What the hell is going on? Like, you already got Ar- Armstead, you already got Nick Bosa. Javon Hargrave, and you got the nerve to add Chase Young. So on the defensive line, as pass rushers, they got Nick Bosa, one of the best defensive players in the NFL. They got Arik Armstead. They got Chase Young, and they got Javon Hargrave. But at linebacker, they got two of the best linebackers in the NFL and Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. Now, Greenlaw is questionable for this game, but I'm pretty sure he's going to play. But Fred Warner is arguably the best middle linebacker in the NFL. And then in the secondary, they got all-pro cornerback, Tardarius Ward, okay? And on the other side, they got Lanier as well. This 49ers defense, they are top five in a lot of major defensive categories. They give up 322 total yards per game. That's ranked 7th in the NFL. They only give up 90 rushing yards per game. That's ranked 3rd in the NFL. They only give up 18 points per game. That's ranked 3rd in the NFL. And you only teams only throw for 214 passing yards per game against this 49ers defense. That's ranked 14th. So 49ers defense, they are elites. But I do expect Jordan Love to have some success against that 49ers defense. And I and in, for, in order for the Packers to have any chance at being able to win this football game, they got to establish a running game with Aaron Jones again, the same way they did against the Cowboys. Aaron Jones, over the last four weeks, in games the Packers had to have to win, Aaron Jones had over 100 yards rushing in each of those games. Denny back to the game against the Carolina Panthers. He's healthy. Packers are going to need him to pull off the upset. Now, Let's switch gears and talk about the 49ers' offense versus the Packers' defense. The 49ers are led by Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy has 31 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 4,280 passing yards. He's completing 69% of his passes. Obviously, Brock Purdy is having an MVP season. I don't believe Brock Purdy deserves to win NFL MVP. Because I don't even feel like Brock Purdy is the most valuable player on his offense. But Brock Purdy is having a great season. And to me, what makes the 49ers even more dangerous this season compared to the past, Brock Purdy is an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo. When the 49ers would come up short in the playoffs, it was because Jimmy Garoppolo was their quarterback. And they don't have a quarterback issue anymore. Brock Purdy... Can definitely perform at a high level and help the 49ers in the playoffs. Again, when I look at the 49ers' most important pieces to their success, I think about Kyle Shanahan. And then offensively, Christian McCaffrey is more valuable than Brock Purdy. Debo Samuel is more valuable than Brock Purdy. George Kittle is more valuable than Brock Purdy. All pro left tackle Trent Williams is more valuable than Brock Purdy. But that doesn't mean that Brock Purdy is not an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo because he clearly is. And the 49ers can win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy as their quarterback. They can. But the way Christian McCaffrey is playing this year, it's been nothing short of sensational. Christian McCaffrey has had a phenomenal season, folks. And he's leading the team in rushing yards. He's averaging 5.4 rushing yards per game. 1,459 rushing yards for the season on 272 carries, 14 touchdowns. He has been balling. He's been balling, and he's been arguably the MVP of their team. He's been balling. But the 49ers got so much depth, so much depth. At receiver, you got Debo Samuel. You got Brandon Ayuk. Okay, you got Jawan Jennings as well. And at tight end, they got a top five tight end in George Kittle in the NFL. They got one of the best O-lines in the NFL as well. They are loaded offensively. But the key to being able to contain the 49ers, you have to make Brock Purdy play from behind. This is Brock Purdy this season when the 49ers are leading or tied compared to when they are trailing. When they are leading or tied, Brock Purdy has 26 touchdowns, four interceptions. When they are trailing, only five touchdowns, seven interceptions. When the 49ers are leading or tied, he's completing 71% of his passes. When they are trailing, he's completing only 64% of his passes. When they are leading or tied, Brock Purdy's passer rating is 123.5. When they are trailing, it's 82.4. So you have to basically try and build a lead against the 49ers and force Brock Purdy and the Niners to have to play from behind. That's what the Ravens did in Week 16 on Christmas. At half, the Ravens were beating the 49ers 16 to 12, and at heading into the fourth quarter, the Ravens were up 33 to 12 on the 49ers. You have to force the 49ers not to play from behind, and that's where you can force Brock Purdy into some mistakes. Now, defensively for the Packers, the Packers have not been great this year defensively. As a matter of fact, they've been average, and that's been the weakest part of their football team. Defensively, they give up 128 rushing yards per game. That's ranked 28th in the NFL. So in order to be able to stop the 49ers, you have to stop the run, number one. You've got to contain Christian McCaffrey, and the Packers have struggled with that this year. They give up 352 total yards per game. That's ranked 17th in the NFL. So, the Packers' defense is going to be the key for them to pull off an upset. You got to create some turnovers to have a chance. Now, defensively, you got Kenny Clark up front. Okay. You got Devontae Wyatt as well on that D line. You got Preston Smith as a pass rusher. You got Rashawn Gary as well. Okay. At linebacker, you got Devondre Campbell. You got Quay Walker. And they are going to be key X factors in this game because the 49ers have George Kittle. So, Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell have to contain George Kittle, okay? In that secondary, you still got Jair Alexander, who's questionable, but hopefully he can go. You got Darnell Savage, who had a pick six against the Cowboys. And you got Carrington Valentine on the other side at DB as well. So it's going to be important for Joe Berry and this Packers defense to try and contain the 49ers, and that would give the Packers a chance. I'll be honest. I got two scores. My football mind and my... Wise Guy Sports Trey Larkin's analyst says 49ers 31, Packers 24. But the Packer fan in me, knowing that we are playing with house money with absolutely nothing to lose, has the Packers beating the 49ers 31 to 28. So I got two scores, and I am going to roll with both of my scores. I'm not going to pick against my Packers, but I'm also – not going to say we're for sure going to win. So I got two scores, and I ain't ashamed of it. I don't give a damn what y'all got to say. The the sports analyst in me is saying 49ers 31, Packers 24. The Packer fan in me is saying Packers 31, 49ers 28. That's what I got, but I got a big go, Pack, go, and hopefully, hopefully we can roll into San Francisco and get a dub in the biggest game of the season the biggest game of the season so i'm hoping my packers can get it done and hopefully things it it can definitely happen the sports analyst niners 31 packers 24 the packer fan in me ain't betting against my boys packers 31 49ers Twenty-eight. Go Pack Go! Everybody gonna follow Wise Guys on Twitter, at WiseGuys underscore 8. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Be right back. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome to Wise Guys, These Guys Know Sports. Here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Remember, go follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Let me show you follow Wise Guys on Instagram at these guys know Sports. The number to dial is 513-203-8655. 513-203-8655. That is the number to dial. Any particular topic you want to discuss, we can talk about it on the show This afternoon. Let's transition. Let's go to the big primetime game of the divisional round of the playoffs. It's the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are favored by three points. It's a 6.30 p.m. kickoff on CBS. The over-under for this matchup is 45.5. Five. The Chiefs and Bills will meet for the third time in the past four postseasons. So we have seen this matchup before. Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen for all the marbles. This time in Buffalo to see who punches their ticket to the AFC championship game. Let's dive right into it. Let's start off with. Patrick Mahomes, as Patrick Mahomes this year, just another, another great season for Patrick Mahomes in the regular season. 27 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 4,183 passing yards, completing 67% of his passes. But even though Patrick Mahomes already has two MVPs on his resume what makes Patrick Mahomes great is how he performs in the postseason specifically in the wild card and divisional round of the playoffs you look at Mahomes numbers in the wild card and the divisional round of the playoffs he has 17 touchdowns one interception he averages 331 passing yards per game he averages 8.1 yards per pass attempt, completing 69% of his passes. His pass rating is 113.2. But more importantly, in the wild card and the division around of the playoffs, Patrick Mahomes has never lost. He's 7 0 in the wild card slash division around of the playoffs. The man annually finds himself. In the AFC championship game. That 7 0 record in the wild card and divisional round of the playoffs, he's the only quarterback with five or more starts with no losses to be 7 and 0 in the wild card and divisional round of the playoffs. So he has been balling. And overall, against the Bills in the postseason, Patrick Mahomes has been sensational in the play- playoffs compared to the regular season. You look at Patrick Mahomes' numbers. In the playoffs, compared to the regular season against the Bills, in the playoffs he's two and zero. In the regular season, he's one and three. In the playoffs, six touchdowns, zero interceptions. In the regular season, seven touchdowns, five interceptions. He completes seventy six percent of his passes in the playoffs against the Bills. In the regular season against the Bills, he completes sixty four percent of his passes. His team points per game in the playoffs is 40. In the regular season, is 21.8. So what that tells me is Patrick Mahomes elevates his game when the lights are at its brightest, okay? And that's what makes Patrick Mahomes great. That's what makes him great because he's able to elevate his game when the stakes are at its highest. And the thing is, what what, what makes me really – have so much respect for the Kansas City Chiefs is. They know they are the favorites. And so they understand that opposing teams are coming for them. Like Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey, they're not sneaking up on anybody anymore. (laughs) Teams know that the Kansas City Chiefs are the favorites to win the AFC West. They're the favorites to win the AFC. And they are usually the favorites to win the Super Bowl year in and year out, and they still annually find themselves in the AFC championship game. See, what makes a player or a team great is when you have others coming for you, okay? Like, unlike the Houston Texans, unlike the Green Bay Packers, the Kansas City Chiefs have opposing teams coming for them because they are the big dogs in the NFL, and they still are playing at a high level and winning playoff games. It's the same with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in the Patriots' dynasty in their era. They were the favorites, and they knew teams were coming for them, and they still played at a high level and annually found themselves in AFC Championship games or Super Bowls. The same with Mahomes and Reed. They did the same thing that Brady and Belichick did in New England as well. Now, you look at the... Chiefs overall as an offense. One of the things that we've been talking about with the Chiefs is offensively which receiver is going to step up and be that reliable target for Patrick Mahomes in this Chiefs offense as the season goes along. And it's been Rasheed Rice. This is since week 7, including the playoffs. This is Stefan Diggs and Rasheed Rice numbers. Stefan Diggs, 65 receptions. Rice, 66 receptions. Stefan Diggs, 615 receiving yards. Rice, 823 receiving yards. Diggs, averaging 9.5 yards per reception. Rice is averaging 12.5 yards per reception. Diggs, three touchdowns since week seven. Rice, six touchdowns since week seven. So, Rasheed Rice has... Elevated his game and stepped up in this Chiefs offense and been the number one option at the receiver position for Patrick Mahomes. Because like we were saying it has to be someone other than Travis Kelsey who helps this Chiefs offense once we get into January. And it's been Rasheed Rice. So he's, he's playing at a high level right now. And what's going to be key for the Chiefs is going to be their ability to run the football. This year, they averaged 105 rushing yards per game. That's ranked 19th in the NFL. Now, at running back, you obviously got Pacheco and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And so when Pacheco gets to running behind his pads, he can be a a force to be reckoned with. And so it's going to be – I think Pacheco is the X factor for the Chiefs in this matchup. Now, on the flip side, defensively, the Buffalo Bills – they suffered a lot, a lot of major injuries defensively, and that's been a part of the reason why they have struggled at various parts during the season. They lost Milano earlier in the season. They lost Tradavius White as well. And so they haven't been the greatest defensively. But this version of the Chiefs isn't as potent as they have been in years prior. So maybe the Bills can, can, can have some success defensively against this Chiefs offense, considering this Chiefs offense isn't the same like it's been in in previous years. Now, let's switch gears to the other side. On the other side, as great as Patrick Mahomes has been against the Bills in the playoffs, Josh Allen has been the complete opposite against the Chiefs in the playoffs. In the playoffs, Josh Allen, his career against the Chiefs, he's 0-2. But he has played well. Six touchdowns, one interception. He averages 386 passing yards slash rushing yards per game. And his team averages 30 points per game against the Chiefs in the postseason. But he's 0-2. So Josh Allen is beating Patrick Mahomes in the regular season. But in order for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills to reach their ultimate goal and possibly reach a Super Bowl this year, They're going to have to beat Mahomes and the Chiefs in the postseason when it matters the most. Now, you look at Josh Allen this year at home compared to on the road and his numbers. At home, Josh Allen, 8-2. On the road, 4-4. At home, Josh Allen, 21 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. On the road, 11 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. His passer rating at home. 104.0 104.0 on the road, 83.0. He's lost one fumble at home. He's lost three fumbles on the road. At home, the Bills average 29 points per game. On the road, they average 24 points per game. So, what that tells me is the Bills needed home field advantage and they needed to be the number two seed in the AFC. That way, this game is going to be played at High March Stadium, not Arrowhead. And so, you feel like the Bills have a better chance to win this game considering they're at home and not in Kansas City. And so, it, I feel like as I go into this matchup, this has got to be the best opportunity for the Bills to finally, finally beat the Chiefs. And this has to be finally the best opportunity for Josh Allen to beat Patrick Mahomes. Because as great as Josh Allen is, he has not been able to beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. He has not been able to beat Joe Burrow in the playoffs. And so we all recognize Josh Allen as a top 10, maybe even top five quarterback in the NFL. But I don't feel like there's going to be a better opportunity For Josh Allen in his career moving forward than this opportunity right here to me Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen both have more to prove than Patrick Mahomes it has to be Ravens Bills in the AFC championship game and whoever wins from there and punches their ticket to the Super Bowl good for them but If Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen at least get to an AFC championship game, like, if you lose to one another, it won't be that bad. Like, if Lamar loses to Josh Allen, okay, I lost to Josh. If Josh loses to Lamar, I lost to Lamar. It's okay. But Lamar Jackson cannot lose to C.J. Stroud, and Josh Allen cannot lose to Patrick Mahomes for a third time in the playoffs again. It can't happen again. But – Without that being said, for some weird reason, I feel like the Chiefs are going to beat the Bills again. And I'm rolling with Patrick Mahomes to beat Josh Allen for a third consecutive time in the playoffs. I'm going Mahomes 24, Josh Allen 20. Everybody go for the Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, WiseGuys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at these guys know sports, I am so excited for the NFL divisional round of the playoffs. And it's going to be an exciting weekend of football. I'm Trey Larkins signing off the Worldwide Sports Network. Have a great weekend, everybody.